Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, for God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Amen, amen, amen. I'm just so glad to see each and every one of you here with us on this morning, for God is good, and I'm just so grateful to him from whom all blessings flow. How many of you know you're just grateful this morning? Just grateful, grateful, grateful. As we still are in the year of Rehoboth, and we're just grateful for him that he's making room for us. He's making room for us in many places. He's allowing our gift to make room for us, and I, for one, am grateful, grateful for that. So on this morning, I ask that you don't sit by the sideline, but that you get into part of the, be a part of the morning worship with us as we have Sister Dominique Johnson in with us on this morning, who will be leading us in the praise and worship of today. So please, you're at your home, you're in your car, you're watching on replay, play, please get in and be a part. You get out of this what you put in it, amen, and we're just so grateful to have such a talented praise and worship leader with us on this day. No no further ado, Sister Johnson, it's all you. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Safe House. It's such an awesome privilege, as I always say, just to have another opportunity to worship and praise our God. Hallelujah. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget no neighbor. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. I'll never forget how you brought me out. I'll never forget, no, never. How can I forget what you've done for me? How can I forget how you set me free? How can I forget how you brought me out? I'll never forget, no, never. What you've done for me. How can I forget how you set me free? How can I forget how you brought me out? Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget. How you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. How can I forget what you've done for me? How can I forget how you set me free? Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Oh, God is a good God. Yes, he is. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Oh, God is a good God. 
never forget what he's done for you. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Hallelujah. No, never. Ain't nothing wrong with going back to those songs that grandmama used to sing. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're the center of my joy and all this good and perfect
I want to challenge you. Let him be the center. Let him be the center of your joy. Oh, daily I shall worship thee. Because I got a word, if I don't do nothing else daily, I shall say, I shall. I don't make time for anything else. I gotta make time for you. And daily I shall you. Daily I shall. Whoa. 
because you've extended endless mercies daily I shall worship thee daily I shall worship thee because you've extended endless mercies so daily I remember every day to take time out and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who extends us endless mercies. The mercies never run out. They are new every morning because great is his faithfulness unto us. As good as God has been to me, I can't afford not. I said I can't afford not. To praise his name as good as God has been as good as God has been to me I can't afford it I can't afford not to worship him I can't afford not to praise his name and I must give him the highest praise which is hallelujah just shout hallelujah to your Lord on this morning because as good as he's been to you It's too expensive. I can't afford not to give my God some praise. Because you've been better than good to me. <laughs> you've been better than good to me. your testimony you've been so good you've been better than good to me you've been so good
Oh, let be the best thing. 
that ever happened. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. He's a burden bearer, heavy load sharer. I said, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Let it go on record that if anyone should ever write my life story, whatever reason
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know he's the light? He's the light. How many of you just put your hands up right now, just acknowledge and worship that he is the light. He is the light of the world, that he's come in, and because of him that we live, it's because of him we breathe, that we have our being, that we might as well not move at all unless we move in him. And I am glad that he's that wonderful light. I am glad that he's that beautiful light. I am glad that he is that light that's of the world. Amen. And how many of you are just grateful this morning for his mercy and his blessings and his power and his love? For he's El Shaddai. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star that all is in his hand, that he holds all and he knows all. And I'm just so grateful. Amen. So grateful, 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 grateful as we walk into just being grateful to know that God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Will you just give him a little praise this morning? Will you put your hand up to him this morning as, as the music continues to play, amen, that we in the spirit of worship on this day, that we're to worship him both in spirit and in truth. We are to worship him, to know that he is our God. How many of you just want to worship him? That God is in love with a worshiper, that we worship him, both in spirit and in truth, amen, that I've not done everything right, I've not dotted every I, I haven't crossed every T, but nonetheless, that we have the opportunity to go before the throne of grace, we have the opportunity to step up, we have the opportunity to walk in the light, to walk in the beautiful light, that he says, lay aside so every burden is so easily beset us, amen, that there's a choice that you and I have the ability to make, do you choose to live with him today, do you choose to live for him today, do you choose to walk in the light, the beautiful light. Because see, we live in a world of darkness, amen. And he said that that light will shine within us, amen. That that light that I carry, that light that you carry, and when we all get together and that light comes forth, amen, that we illuminate a world of darkness. I've not done this. Nothing that I've done is nothing that I've done that was great or stupendous, but it was his mercy and his grace, amen, as we walk in the light. We walk in that beautiful light, that the light is just so beautiful, something you never seen before, something you never experienced before. And as you walk into this light this day, as you walk into this light in this moment, in this time, as you have made the choice, Lord, I want to walk in the light. Lord, I want to walk in the beautiful light. Lord, I want to know you in a better way. Lord, I want to know you, Lord Jesus, in the forgiveness of my sin. Lord, I want to know you in the forgiveness, Lord Jesus, of the things that I've done. Lord, I want to know you better. Lord, in 2023, I choose to do better. Lord, I choose to know you better. Lord, I choose to walk better. I choose to talk better. I choose to, Lord Jesus, to make better decisions, Lord Jesus, towards myself, my body, and others around me. Lord, it's just a decision that we have made, Lord, and you've given us the ability to choose, oh God. The most powerful thing that you've given us is our ability to choose, Lord. And as we choose to walk in that light today, as we choose, Lord, to honor you today, as we choose to give your name the honor and the glory, Lord, we ask that you hold us and you keep us, oh God. As we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you touch every person that's under the sound of my voice on this day. Lord, I thank you for the anointed plan of Sister Johnson, oh God. I ask you to continue to watch over and keep her in strength her, oh God. Make way for her out of no way, Lord Jesus. Lord, open up doors, oh God. Lord, you pour our blessing that she don't have room to receive the overflow, oh God, Lord Jesus. Lord, you ask that you rehope it in her life, oh God. Make open spaces, oh God, for more. Lord, I ask that you continue to watch them and keep the members of the Safe House Church. Lord, you know where they are. You see where they are. You know what they've been through. You know what they experienced, oh God. But they're here in this moment, oh God, as we come together as a corporate body, Lord Jesus, they give your name, the honor, and the praise, Lord Jesus. As we come, Lord Jesus, here to 
see what thus saith the Lord, Lord Jesus. What assignment do we have on this week? What word do we have on this week, Lord Jesus, to walk forth therein, Lord? And I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for keeping everybody in our union, Lord. Allow no one to lose their life, no one to be sick or even hurt, oh God. And Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. We ask that you continue to bless us, oh God. Continue to open up the doors, oh God. Financial blessings, spiritual blessing, oh God. Physical healings, oh God. And Lord, we just honor you in this place on today. We honor you in this space, oh God, for it's your anointing that destroys the yoke and set the captive free. It's your power, your love, Lord Jesus. Nothing I've done but listen to you, oh God. It's nothing I've done, oh God, but choose to walk in your light, oh God. That beautiful light, oh God. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you, Lord. I ask that you watch over and keep every person that's hearing to us, oh God, whether they listen in live or they're watching on the broadcast later, oh God, or they listen on the podcast. Let this word on today, Lord Jesus, be the meditation of their heart, oh God, be the fruit of their lips, oh God, and be a living well inside of them. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we honor you for that right now in the name of Jesus. For we know this one thing, and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of you are happy this morning? How many are you happy in Jesus on this morning? Amen. For God is good and he's worthy, worthy to be praised. And I am so grateful to him from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Just so grateful always to have Sister Dominique with us. Amen. And that beautiful anointed, that, that young lady has some anointed hands. Amen. An anointed spirit. And we're just grateful that God has allowed her to share her um, talent and her anointing with us here, Lord, as we continue to just to keep building, amen. You know, the Bible said, don't despise the day of small beginnings, amen. But we're just going to keep building and we're going to keep going forward in Jesus' name. I hope and trust that you all had a wonderful week, amen. I know things are going all over the place. We even got a couple of snowflakes here, I think, on yesterday. Many of you are starting to find the groove of your new year, and, and many of us, you know, I know our teachers and educators, so now it's getting back into school and getting back in the swing of things, and those who work, you know, in um, office and, and whatever the case may be, you, you find a new thing that people come in and say, you know, I think my daughter told me the other day we was talking as we were walking to the bus, and she said, well, Daddy, you know it's 2023, new year, new you, amen, and I was explaining with her and, and having conversation with her, amen, that that's the attitude the word says new year, new you. And I'm telling you that every day that I have the opportunity to breathe life, every day I'm allowed the long air to come into these lungs, there's a new you and a new life. Amen. And I am grateful to him. The Bible said that we die daily. I think Paul says it. We die daily, meaning that what? There's something that I know I've done that I shouldn't have done. There was something I've said that I probably shouldn't have said. Places that maybe I've gone, but what I'm striving that what I don't keep making those same mistakes over there. You're not looking at a perfect people, amen, but you're looking at a people who are striving to make the mark, who are striving to go forward, striving to be who God has called them to be and walk in this full fullness of his life. And the older I get, I realize, you know, I used to think that this life was about a destination that when I get there, I'm going to know it. And, and it seemed like after you you hit milestone after milestone that you still are not satisfied. Come on, somebody. Are y'all with me? You've been around long enough to know that. But now what I understand is that this, this whole thing is about the journey. Amen. It's about the people you encounter, the lives that are touched. Amen. The lives that touch your life and the lives that you are allowed to touch that. It's about the journey. Amen. And I'm just going to keep walking as far and as fast and as strong as I can. And then when my time is up, my time is up and I pass the baton on to somebody else. I think Miles Monroe said it like this. He said, it's a terrible thing for you to die with the baton of the next generation in your hand. Amen. And I know we're at a place in time that we are at an inflection point in many places that 
the next generation, we see a lot of transitioning going on, amen. And I, for one, do not want to die with the baton on my hand. I'm going to run as far and as strong as I can and know that what? That it's going to be handed off to the next generation, the next generation of believers, the next generation of church leaders, the next generation of God's people. That all we are required to do is do what he's told us to do, that we are to run the race that he's told us to run. And we are to walk the walk, the walk and talk the talk and just live holy, amen, um, to the best of our ability and what he would do the rest, amen, that we walk by faith and not by sight, which means that I don't know each and everything that's in front of me. I don't know every step that I take, but I take that step in faith that when I take that step that he's going to be there, when I take that step that he's there, when I take that step that he knows that what my name and he's there what to undergird me and to protect me and to strengthen me as I start to make that walk and start to go in that area, amen, and I'm just grateful. How many of you are just grateful this morning? I am just grateful, grateful, grateful for God and all that he's done. I believe there is a word from the Lord on today to share with you on this week. Amen. Grateful to all of you all. You know, that strong prayer group that we have. Prayer is just, whoo, that prayer group is just awesome. Amen. I don't know what about you all, but that, that prayer every morning, you know, some morning that's, that's strong, it's tough to get up. Amen. I know we all have those mornings. I struggle sometimes too. Amen. But when we get in there, how about, you know, when you get in the midst of God's people and, and we start going forth and we start praying, amen, and we start crying out to God and we start reaching out to him and telling him how great he is and how wonderful he is. At the end of the day, you realize and you know that what this is good, amen, and, and you fight on through it, amen, you fight on through it. Not saying that every day is a bed of roses because it's not by far a bed of roses, but I am grateful for that amen and we've also started now back on praying on facebook live and doing the instagram we're starting to dibble in the instagram we know platforms constantly change and we need to evolve with the various platforms that allow us to post you know and reach um, god's people we have to go where god's people are that day of waiting for people to come to church is pretty much over, amen. We and we know and we understand that. So the Bible tells us in Matthew says, go out into the streets and the highways and what? And compel them to come. So not only do we pray at six, six o'clock to six o'clock, that's mainly our members here at the Safe House Church, and that's just fine on our private Zoom prayer. But we also brought back the 1010, amen, the 10 minute prayer. So we pretty much pray exactly for 10 minutes at seven o'clock on Facebook and Instagram. We take in all any and all requests, and we just want to be a blessing to God's kingdom. We want to be a blessing to God's people, amen. Um, we've done, we used to do that where we did that for like six years in a row, I believe, at one point, amen, consistently. Um, Monday through Friday, and the only reason we stopped is because we had moved and and we lost all our internet connections and all that thing, but that was a temporary situation, but now we are back in the saddle with that, amen, and we look forward to, to try to do that as much as possible, as much as we can, amen, and we're just so grateful for all that God has done. Um, he's been good to us. Haven't had any reports of anybody being hurt or anything, amen, and we're just glad for that. <laughs> How many of you know that we're living in the year of Rehoboth? We talk about Rehoboth. Rehoboth, the year of open spaces. And I don't know about you all, but God continuously blows my mind. And every time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I don't even get, I get scared sometimes that things are happening so fast. Things are moving so fast and things are going so fast. Let's sit up here a little bit. That things are happening and moving so fast that I look at things sometimes and it blows my mind. It scares me. But how many of you know the Bible said that your latter days will be greater than your former, your former, amen? 
And that, that God, what in this day and time, God will do a quick work. It doesn't take God all day to do what he wants to do. He's just looking for a willing and ready vessel. And I told God and I promised God that, Lord, wherever you take me, Lord, I'm still going to call your name, Lord. Wherever you move me, Lord, I'm going to call your name, Lord. Wherever I go, Lord, whatever height that you take me to, Lord, I'm going to call your name. Why? Because I remember the time when I didn't have. I remember when was overlooked, Lord. I remember when things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go, but Lord, I understand now, Lord, that this is not about me, oh God, but this is about you being lifted up, Lord. This is about you being magnified. This is about you being glorified, Lord. And if I can just be a vessel, if I can just be a vessel for your people, Lord Jesus, to see, Lord Jesus, the goodness of God, to see what you will do, Lord, and what you can do, oh God. I told God that I would do just that, amen. And I'm just grateful to be in that place and in that position, um, with him. And, um, God has just been so good. Um, all right. So if we move forward here on today, there is a word from the Lord. Um, it's my intention to have all of your um, text, um, information out to you. Um, I'm going to probably send out most of it today. I'm hoping, but definitely not. If it ain't all today, then you definitely have it all by the end of the week. Amen. And, um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Amen. And if there's any questions, Concerns or comments, please just reach out to us and we'll definitely be um, sure to um, get with you and, and we rectify whatever thing that potentially may be there. Amen. But hopefully we get it all right the first time we typically do. All right. So here on today, I believe there is a word from the Lord on today and I want to share that word with you on this morning. Staying with our theme that we the year of Rehoboth on last week, we talked about the blueprint. We talk about the blueprint of what God, that he told us, write the vision and make it plain. And as we write down this vision and make it plain that he's given us open room, he's given us open space. He's opened up these spaces and he's been waiting for us. And now he's allowing us to go forth and to flourish. Remember, the wells at Rehoboth, what they did is what they went and they built these wells. And every time they had a well, someone came and took it. Somebody claimed space. But when they got to that well that he called Rehoboth, that what God has made room for them, that what nobody came and claimed that well. And the Bible said that there at that spot, they did well. At that spot, they they did a um they flourished. At that spot, they they grew and um and they went forward. So on today I want to talk with you a little bit on um a subject that this is a two-way thing, and that some of you know this will pertain not only to you, but also pertain to how you deal with individuals or people around you. And this is one of those messages. It's also self-reflecting. It's also um, um, of, I want to say, not intrinsic value, but um, introspective, introspection of, you know, what I think about others and how others may perceive or think about me. Um, both of those things matter. How I think about myself, it matters because how I think about myself is going to determine how I treat others, um, how do I treat others because of how do I feel about myself. So it's important that, you know, we know thyself. Then on top of that, if we go back the other way, the treatment of others are going to determine how they see us and how they see the God that we serve. It's one thing to say that you serve Jehovah Jireh, that you serve Yahweh, that you know you serve Yeshua and all these names that he has, but then you treat people badly. You treat people wrong and you mess over folk and you do all kinds of things. And God has called us to a higher order than that. That's the things that the world do. They don't. They don't want to take advantage of people when they're and they're hard on their luck. They're the ones who who make profit off of them. They're the ones who take advantage and all these things. And God told us to be what be good to people. Amen. He said, "What you do to the least of these, 
as, as, as if you've done it unto me. And so we want to talk a little bit about that today, and we're going to go into some scripture and verse there with you. So if you would open up your Bibles today, and we'll do our split screen here as normal. I've been working on that this week. I think we got some some bugs worked out, but y'all know how it is. It's always something, amen. Um, but, you know, that's technology, and I'm glad that we have it, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of Acts? We want to go Acts, the eighth chapter. We're going to do verses 1 through 3, and then I want to go to the ninth chapter, and we're going to do verses 20 through 24. That's the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. This is where we find the, um, this is where the action goes on. This is where the church is birthed, amen. And we want to talk about that in themes of free hope. So we'll go down to Acts, Acts 1. Let me get my thing here to, okay, I want to lock up here. All right, let's go to Acts 1. Let me see if we can get a split screen here with you. I want to give honor, first of all, to um, First Lady Ely and to all the members of the Safe House Church. We're just so glad that you have chosen to be here with us on today. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here with us. And for that, we are, we are forever grateful. Amen. Remember, here at the Safe House Church, we work off three principles that we believe God has called us to. And we call it DEA, Discipleship, Empowerment, and Accountability. Discipleship, we're going to teach you guys where we're going to walk with you. We're going to talk with you. Empowerment, we're going to empower you to do the things God has called you to do, the things that he's giving you the talent and the ability to do. And then accountability, we're going to hold you accountable for the things that God has given you. Amen. Because we need them. Amen. And we need you to do what God has called you to do because that, you know, that is something that we need. And that's why God has given it to you to be able to put it there in the earth. Amen. As well as the things that God has given us that we put here in the earth. Amen. And everybody's doing their job. Then nobody's without lack. Amen. I want to give honor to my wife, um, First Lady Ely. And we're just grateful to our children and all those who um, connect with us. All of those keep me in prayer. Um, you know, Pastor Steele rolling and doing a lot. Amen. But God is good and he's worthy. And we're just trying to, you know, do our part here and stay healthy and do all the things that we need to do. All right. So those you should have it by now. I'm X. And let me see if we can get a little Bible switch here going on. Let's see if this works today. Come on. All right. Computer, you're running a little slow. Okay. There we go. All right. So we're in there in X. Acts 1 through 3, and it says this. And it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that, at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were scattered all, um, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. And for Saul, he had made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hell and men and women committed them to prison. Committed them to prison. All right, so now we're going to go over to the second one. It's Acts, the ninth chapter. That's the very next chapter, and we'll go to verse 20. Okay, computer running a little slow here. Go down to verse number 20, and we're going to read through 23, and it says this. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them 
which called on this name in Jerusalem and called hither for that intent that he may bring them bound unto the chief priest. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying in wait was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. They watched the, night, the gates day and night to kill him. All right. Oh, um, let y'all behind the curtain there for a minute. So as we read those verses today, I want to use for a subject, if you mind it to be before you for a few moments, is simply this. Our subject today is, Rehoboth make room, grace to change. Rehoboth make room, grace to change. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, and the Father, Lord Jesus, I come to you, Lord, this morning, Lord, I just want to say thank you, Lord. Forgive us for all our sins, those known or unknown to us. Lord, speak through us on this day, Lord Jesus. Love on your people, Lord. You let this word, Lord, you penetrate their hearts, their minds, their bodies, their souls, their spirits. Lord, you that they get to know you in a better way, Lord. You that they choose better, oh God. And that we give grace for change. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we love you and we praise your name. We ask you to do all these things to others in the powerful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. For we know this one thing, we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. All right, so as you see here, I read some, for some maybe familiar scripture here. This is a snapshot of the story of Saul transition to Paul. We know that Saul, as we read in the beginning, was a persecutor of the Christians. He was there when Stephen was stoned. They noticed that we read, they were talking about Stephen being carried out and they were in great lamentations. And what Paul was, um, Saul was doing, that Saul was at that point, he was gathering Christians and he was putting Christians in chains and anybody who was a Christian, he was finding them and he, and he would bound them. He was almost like a bounty hunter in that he would find them and when he found them, he would take them to prison and bind them up. Amen. So this is what we see. This is the Saul that we know. This is the person that we see. And every time we see him, he's a powerful person. He understands the law. He understands how to use his power. He understands how to use his money. He understands how to use his political positioning and jockeying. And not only does he use it, but he uses it for evil. Amen. But at the time that this is all he knows, this is all he he's being there. Well, he's steady and he's a man of logic and he's a man of great knowledge. And, and since he's a man of logic and great knowledge, then he uses what he knows. For the Bible tells us to lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he should direct our path. But what about to those who have not acknowledged him yet? What about to those who don't know him in all his glory? What about those who have not walked into the beautiful light? What about those who have not come to reason with him and to know that he's amazing and know that he's God. What they do is then they walk into their own understanding and his own understanding at this point in time was that, that people, 
here that he would like them locked up, amen, because he believed what they were saying was false, falsehoods and they were giving a false God and they were saying things just to get people to, to move and to go against the government. So here what he had a plot that he was going out and he was getting permission from the highest courts in the hardest parts of the land. This is how he used his skill and the things that he knew that he took that and he went and he found the highest courts in the land to be able to give him basically a search warrant warrant of its time that he was able to go out and get uh, and round up people and he was able to round up anybody who was a Christian. He was able to use the law to his advantage and he used the law to his advantage to the point that he was able to prosecute Christians. So anybody who was a Christian, he had lawful right to bind you. He had lawful right to come in. He had lawful right to put him in jail. He had lawful right to issue a, um, a, a, a warrant of arrest to them and he was using the law to do this. Amen. That we know the laws of the land are the laws of the land, but sometimes the laws of the land can be used for manipulative purposes. The law of the land can be used that people who are great in skill and know what they're doing, they can twist things and say things and what was the spirit of a law is not the letter of a law and they are able to use it and Paul and Sorry, not Paul, but Saul was one of these people. And, and what he did is he used this to his advantage. And he was going forth, amen. And what we find one day on his road to Damascus, he was on his way where? To Damascus because he had just gotten more permission to go and get Christians in Damascus. That he was able to go get Christians in Damascus and put them in jail in Damascus. And when he was on his way to Damascus, there he has an encounter with God. And on his encounter with God, God knocks him off his beast. And, and if you read the story and you go back in chapter 8 and 9, you read the story that God knocks him off his beast. And when he knocks him off his beast, he talks to him and he has a conversation with him. And now he has an encounter with the divine. And in this encounter with the divine, he gives him instruction and he tells him what to do. And he says that, you, Paul, I'm sorry, you're the one that prosecuted me. You're the one that's going in and putting my people in jail. Why are you doing this to me? And basically what Saul gives him back is that I need even know you really exist. I didn't believe you. Amen. I didn't believe. But now that I've had an experience, see, you don't have to convince anybody of God. You don't have to convince anybody of the power of God until they had their own personal experience. Then the things are changed. So you can't tell me who God is because I know what he's done for me. I know the experiences that I had with him. I know what he's pulled me out of. I know what he's got me out of. I know what he's turned around in my life. I know as some would say, well, that was just merely a coincidence. You call it coincidence. I call it God intervention. Amen. And I have no other way to explain it. I know in history, some that say that when people can't explain things, then they would say it was mystical beings and they would say it was stars and God. But I know it's Jehovah Jireh. Why? Because every time I call on him, he's there. Every time I reach out to him, he's there. Every time I need him, he's there. I can feel him moving inside of me. It's not just a good feeling. It's not because I ate a bad sandwich. It's not because of something that a drug I took that altered my state. But my drug is I'm high on Jesus. Come on, somebody. Are y'all high on Jesus this morning? So that when I call on him, though I feel his anointing like I feel it right now moving inside of me. I feel his anointing that destroys the yoke and set the captive free. I feel him moving. I feel him telling me, Peter, don't go that way. I feel him Peter said, shut your mouth right there. I feel him Peter said, this is the time you need to speak up and you need to say something. This is the time you need to be accounted for. This is the time you need to walk the walk and talk the talk and stay the say and let them know that who you are and who you belong to and that I am your provider. I'm the one that makes a way for thee. I'm the one that opens up the paths. I'm the one that closes the door. I'm the one that holds it open. I'm the the one that moves and guides and, and, and puts up one and takes down another. I'm the one that promotes. I'm the one that gives grace. I'm the one that's, that has the power in his hand to turn the king's heart to whatever way that I may want to be. I have that 
Uh-huh. So now what we find that Saul is here on the ground and Saul has an amazing conversation with God because now he's encountered God for himself. See, and then God used him now to what? To go back to the land. And when they go back to the land, the first thing the Christians do, what do they do? They run and they hide. They run and they hide. Why do they run and hide? They run and they hide because they know the reputation of Saul is that he's a persecutor of the brother and that the reputation of Saul is that he is coming to kill and steal and destroy. They know the reputation that preceded him said that everything about him is not good and you don't want to be calling him in good. So they go with good reason. They move with, with fervor because they know and they understand. They get out of there expeditiously because they know that what his reputation precedes him and that when you see him that he is bad news. But they don't see what, you know, because of their fear and their scaredness of him, they didn't see where he was broken at. They didn't see what had happened. They didn't see that he had had a godly encounter because when Saul first comes to them, he cannot see. He's on a search for a man named Ananias and he was told that Ananias would pray for him and that when he prayed for him that what? The scales would fall from his eyes and he would regain his sight. And I believe when God talking about the scale fall from his eyes, it wasn't just his physical eyes that he gained his sight, but he gained his spiritual sight. Amen. How many of you know when you got the gift of the Holy Ghost that God gave you some spiritual sight? When you got the gift of the Holy Ghost, the things that you used to see one way that you don't see no more. You, you know when you got the gift of the Holy Ghost that things that used to be, be cool were not so cool anymore. That what? Your, what? your appetite for things change. The people that you tolerate change. The, the people that you want to hang around change. Why? Because my appetite, my eyes have been open to something different. My eyes can see something a little different. That I didn't see this the way I saw it before. I didn't see this the way that I saw it then. I remember so many years ago. When I met my wife, my wife and I met when we were children, amen, but I didn't see her a certain way that when my eyes opened when I was a little bit older, amen, and I saw that next time, amen, 20-some, 30-some years later, my eyes were a little different then. I saw things a little bit differently. Oh, come on, somebody. How many of you know that you see things differently now than you saw them before? Why? Because some of that comes with maturity. Some of that comes with time. Some of that comes with grace. Some of that comes with God's blessing and his anointing on you. Some of that comes with things that you've experienced and people you talk to and things that you read and cultures that you had to time the, the ability to interact with and when these things come all these things come together all these things work together and they what they affect how we perceive our world so now when Paul shows up to Ananias Ananias didn't want to fool with him why because he knew the reputation but God touched Ananias and said this is what you need to pray for something has changed Oh, come on, somebody. That something has changed. So now Ananias prays for him. And now he prays for him. And now what? Saul goes out in the streets. And now he's doing what? He's zealous for God. He's giving God all he got. The same zeal that he used to persecute Christians with. It's the same zeal that he's using now to win them. Let that be a lesson to you. The same zeal that you did what you did in the world, the same effort that you used when you used in the world, the same amount of energy you spent at the club, the same amount of energy you, you used to write those songs, the same amount of energy you used to get dressed, the same amount of energy you used to teach with, the same amount of energy you used to walk with, that same amount of energy, that same energy, you need to bring that to the kingdom, amen. It's that same energy. God already knew who you were. He knew who you were from the foundation of the earth. He knew who you were when he called you in your mother's womb. And now he wants you to use that same energy that same talent, that same glory. Why? Because what? Now you're using it for him. That he's always intended it for you to use it for him, but because you were lost in your way, because you were leaning to your own understanding, because you were over here, that what? You didn't see it that way. 
Now God has us here. Now what's it more importantly, now you know the background story and how Paul got to where he is now. So now he also changes his name from Saul to Paul. And you know when God touches you, that what that's something that changes, amen. That's something permanent that changes. And he changed his name from Saul to Paul that you'll be known as Paul. And as Paul now is out here in these streets and he's out there trying to compel them to come. Now the, what, the Christians, the Jews see him. And now... He's still a threat. I know some of you think because you change uniforms that you're not a threat. Some of you because you change teams that you're not a threat. But I'm here to tell you today that you're just as much as a threat today than you were now. In fact, you're more of a threat now. Oh, come on, somebody. Why? Because some people paying attention to you. Some people looking to see what you say. Some are waiting for you to fall. Some are waiting for you to mess up. Why? Because now what? That if they put you up behind me, let me tell you something. If God before you, then he what? He's more than the world against you, amen. If God promotes you, if God puts you there, then that means what? That God has your back, amen. See, that's the thing about men. And when man puts you somewhere, then what? Man feel like they made you. And when man feel like they made you, then that means that man controls you. And because man controls you, then what? Then they can manipulate manipulate you and do all kinds of witchcraft and then manipulation to get you to move how they want you to move and to talk how you want you to talk and to vote the way you want them to vote and to go the way you want them to go. But this is why we must do things in God's time and in God's order so that what we cannot be bought, that our price that we bought with is his blood that was shed on Calvary. Because I understand, I know that I shouldn't even be in this position, but I'm in this position because he allowed me to be. I'm in this position because he opened up the door. I'm in this position because he did it. It was nothing that I'd done, but what the Bible tells me that the government shall sit upon his shoulders, amen. And because it sits upon his shoulders, I know that he has the power to increase, to put one up and take one down. That he has the ability to open up a door and close the door. That he has the ability to move on king's hearts and people's hearts and change people's minds, amen. And he, what he's telling us today, that we need to make room to grace to change. See, we're in a day and time now that people don't believe people can change. We see it throughout our culture all the time. Because see, we now what? We find that Paul is what? Paul is at the point that Paul has changed. And now that he's changed, they still want to kill him. Now that he's changed, they still want to kill him. In fact, they want to kill him more because now he's more of a threat to them. Now that he has the knowledge of self, he has the knowledge of God, he has the knowledge of power, he now has the knowledge of strength, and he understands who he is and who he works for and why he's working and that it could possibly cost him his life. Oh, come on, somebody. See, as long as he was with them, then it was cool. But as soon as he decided to switch sides, as soon as he decided to walk on the good side of faith, as soon as he decided to walk the walk, as soon as he decided to go where God has called him to go and move how God has called him to move, now he's what? He's a serious threat to the kingdom. I'm here to tell you today, brothers and sisters, that you are a serious threat to the kingdom. If you decide that you're going to walk the way God's calling you to walk, if you decide that you're going to walk in integrity, if you decide that, Lord, I'm going to do it your way, Lord, you gave it to me, Lord, and if you take it, you take it. If you make that decision today, if you know that you can walk amongst the kings and not lose your head and know that what I have what I have because he allows me to have it. it's not nothing I done that was so great I'm not reading my own press clippings and understanding and deciding that was something I did but Lord if I understand and I know it was by your goodness and your mercy Lord that I'm coming through it was by your grace oh God that I'm moving Lord it's by your power that I'm here today Lord it's by your power that I go forth then things change because you can't be bought. So now what do they do? They decide they got to get rid of him. And now what? Well, even in then, then the spirit is what? Protecting Paul. They told Paul that they were coming for him. And Paul sneaks away at light. So I wanted to read these scriptures. Why? Because I want you to see the glaring contracts of a man who was once against him versus a man now who's with him. And he's still running for his life. Now what I believe in the message that God has given me, me for you today is that we need to make room for grace. Grace to change. 
See, we're in a day and time now. People don't believe people change anymore. And I tell you that, you know, if I didn't believe people change, I need to stop doing what I'm doing right now. Why? Because we work in the change business. I'm not saying that people don't do things and people don't let us down and all this kind of stuff. Yes, they do. But I have to have the belief that, what? Grace to change. So when we talk about terms of grace, when I look at grace, what does grace? Grace is what? The unmerited favor of God. Grace is what? Given for what? Regeneration and sanctification. Grace is given for regeneration and sanctification. Meaning to what? To redo and sanctify, to separate. So what? I need grace to be what? To be regenerated and for what? Sanctification. The grace to change. The what? Regenerification. As I regenerify, uh-huh. Regeneration. If I regenerate and I sanctify, there's a change that needs to be made. That I've changed what I do. I change how I speak. I change how I walk. I change what I do. I change not in my action, but I also change most importantly in my heart. I can change my clothes and I can look holy, but not be holy at all. We find ourselves in a day and time now that people don't give people the grace to change. We live in a time now that if you've done something 20 years ago, it's liable to come back up and they call it council culture. And this is what people use because what you don't do what they want you to do. So what they try to do is they try to manipulate you into changing. And if you don't change, then we'll bring up your past. We'll bring up the Paul. What if, see, I think about the day, would Paul be on council culture today? Would Paul be council? Was Paul given the grace to change? Because here in the beginning, this is why God sends him to Ananias. Because I'm um, Ananias, because wait, he needed the grace to be changed. He needed someone to represent him. He needed someone to speak on his behalf to say that what? Paul is okay to listen to now. Are y'all with me? And sometimes God has made you and I those people that some people come to us because they, they need the grace to change that. I know I'm not always right. I know I haven't done it always right in the past. I know that you see me a certain way, but God has made a change in me. And I need your grace to change. We're talking about Rehoboth making room. That what? Can we make room to give people grace to change? That all, once a murder don't mean always a murder. Once a liar don't always mean a liar. Once a cheater don't always mean a cheater. Do we have grace to change? I know some of us believe that, you know, these people are who they are or who they are. But I'm asking you today, are you all who you always been? Have you not changed over the last 25 years? Have you not changed over the last six months? Have you not changed over the next year? That we are always, what, evolving to the next level of who God wants us to be. That we're going, the Bible says, from glory to glory. That we're getting better. That we're working what, in perfection. As Paul said, that the scripture is, what, for the perfecting of the church. Perfecting means that, what, that's a process. That it's a continual process. Meaning that I'm not there, but I continue on this continuum as I go forward, what, in this process to get better. To know better. The walk better, the talk better, the move better. Are y'all with me this morning? So here, the first thing I want to talk to you about that, what is one of the, the, the barriers and obstacles that we have to this change? Number one is simply this, your last interactions. See, people deal with you according to the interactions that they have with you. In particular, they deal with you according to what? The last interaction they have with you. I give you case support. There's some people I haven't seen since high school. And to those people... They know me since high school. They don't know that I've evolved. They don't know that I'm, I'm a parent. They don't know that I'm a pastor. They don't know that God has opened up some doors for me. They don't know this thing. All they know is from based on their last interaction of me. All they know is what they saw when maybe we interact in high school. 
So that's what their last point of reference for me. So therefore, when they talk to me, they can't talk about the great things that we that God is doing in my life. They cannot talk about the great things that God is doing in this ministry because they have no point of reference. So what I'm asking you, can we give them grace to change? Give them grace to change. Why? Because sometimes we get caught in these, these cycles that say that, you know, I think about some of my family members saying, my family, I've always been known as Little Peter. Why? Because my grandfather, I was named after my grandfather. So when they called Peter, then the assumption was that they were talking to my grandfather. So therefore, I was always Little Peter. As a grown man, I was still Little Peter. As a married man, I was still little Peter. I'm well, I was well taller, and my grandfather's no longer here with us. But you know, I'm what, six foot three, six foot four. My grandfather might have been five eight at best. So I tower over him, amen. I got a picture where I'm probably like another foot taller than he is. I was bigger than he is, I was stronger than he was, amen. He was an older man that you know at the time, you know, the last you know, that time. You see what I'm saying? But yet, I was still little Peter. Everything about me. Physically said that I was bigger, said I was stronger, says that, that I, I was in a place of full maturity. But to everybody in that construct, I was always going to be little Peter. And it wasn't, I found myself sometimes almost kind of being offended because I was like, I've evolved. I'm not little Peter no more. I'm big Peter. Amen. I'm six foot four Peter. I, I'm 270 pound Peter. I, I, I'm, I'm this Peter. But they only know me. In this construct that they had of me. So I had to ask God. Give me grace. To, to let them change. How did I do that? I walked the walk. I talked the talk. I lived the life before them. I let my actions and my life speak louder than my words. I mean than my words. I just don't talk about it. But I actually do it. So people deal with you according to what? Last impressions. Last interactions. So if you haven't seen anybody for a while, how can you expect them to know? <laughs> so one of the things that I've learned throughout my years, especially here in ministry, is that I assume way too much. I assume that people read their Bible. I assume that people read, I mean, prayed. I assume that people paid their tithes. I assume that people were going to pay their offering. I just assumed a lot. Why? Because these were things that I did, and I thought everybody did them. Naive me. But I'm also learning I have to give people grace to change. Because everybody didn't grow up the way I grew up. I grew up in a house that my father read his Bible every day, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. It was not a morning I couldn't remember that we would get up. My dad didn't already have his Bible cracked open and written all these handwritten notes. That was my culture. That's, so it was normalcy for me. I can't remember a time that we weren't going to the church house. I don't remember a time we, you know, Tithing off and, and all these kind of things we want to talk about. Because this was what my normalcy. So therefore, I automatically assumed that it was everybody else's normal. This is why God had to work on me to give people grace to change. Because I have a different set of circumstances. You know, I was blessed that I grew up in a two-parent household and all this. My story is not one that we grew up poor and none of these things. And I understand some did, but I didn't. And I'm grateful for that. I make no apologies about that. No, I won't one that run around in the streets and had to do this. I won't one that ever had to sell dope and all this kind of stuff. I had an amazing childhood. It wasn't perfect, but it was an amazing childhood. And I have you no, know, and God has blessed me. And I understand that's not everybody's story. But until you get to that point, this is why we have to what? Give grace to change. Because everybody's story is not your story. There's some people who didn't have everything that you have. But it, watch this, watch this. 
But just because of that doesn't mean that the burden on your life is any less. Because see, at some point, because I did have these blessings, not that I felt superior, no, no, no. But I felt that I didn't get, how I want to say, I didn't have any street cred, as they, they would say. So therefore, you found yourself maybe trying to do things that you knew you shouldn't do because you were trying to earn street cred. You're trying to be validated by those. Why? Because you wanted to be liked and things. And, and I see this now even in my own children as they go through things and God has blessed them and this and that. And, and they trying to be apologetic for things and they trying to get them. Why? Because they're, they're trying to figure out where's their place in society. And I understood a long time ago that I was a misfit, a holy misfit. In that way, God never let me fit in this because I was not set to fit. I was caused to make the mold. And this is where we find ourselves, brothers and sisters. We make the mold. We were doing this online ministry like this for before the pandemic, way before the pandemic. We make the mold. We was already out here praying online, doing these kind of things before. We make the mold. We pioneer. And there's some other things that God's calling us to do that we're going to be pioneering into because we make the mold. But I understand at the same time that our experience is not everybody else's experience. And we got to give them what? We got to give them grace to change. So as we talk about Rehoboth this year, this is what? The space. And I got to give people space to change. So remember, they only know you based on their last interaction. So you can't expect them to treat you a certain way. Watch this. Here we go. Boxes. Boxes. What do you mean by boxes, Pastor? Glad yes. Do you not know there's what? Boxes that put on you. That people have certain limitations on you. People have their box that they want to put you in. Why? Because it's convenient for them. See, if I put you in this box, that means I can treat you a certain way or I can think about you in a certain way. Therefore, I feel like I have control. And since I have control, then I, I, I feel comfortable. Are y'all with me? We all want to feel comfortable. But we as believers, we understand and we know that we always live in a place of uncomfortability. I believe that's by design. I believe that's by design that we can never be comfortable. Why? Because if we are not comfortable, then what? We'll always be alive and vibrant. God always has to allow some things to come our way to keep us praying. Why? Because if not, we wouldn't pray. You know, I think I've told you that story of the catfish before. I think I got it from T.D. Jakes in that when they, you know, the reason they put catfish inside of cod, um, cod movers is because the catfish is a natural um, predator to a cod. And, and that catfish would make that cod move around. He wouldn't get sluggish because he's always running for his life. So he wouldn't get eaten. And that makes him stronger. It makes him better. And he tastes better. So think about it in terms of you and I are that cod. God always allows something to be nipping at our heels. He always allows something to come our way that was going to keep us praying. If not, what we will become complacent. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pray. Mm-hmm. Or you wouldn't pray as hard. Mm-hmm. So we got to be, what, careful of these boxes. Because, see, people want to put us in these boxes because it makes them feel comfortable. And, and then the other thing is that sometimes the box helps them not only feel comfortable, but it helps them to stop the short side of measuring themselves against you. What do you mean by that? Some of them look and, you know, I know that people who are far more talented than I am. I know that people who can sing the paint off the walls, they can play and they can do all kinds of stuff. And it's things that I just do not have the ability to do. 
I get the best out of what I got in this body. I get the best of what I got out of this intellect. I get the best of what the Holy Spirit gives me. And there are people who are far better than I. But doing and being is two different things. There's a lot of people who can, but they don't do. There's a lot of things you can, but do you do? How many of those things do you actually turn from potential to kinetic in that you are in motion with them? And that's the difference between most of us, that the Holy Ghost causes us to be in motion with it. So what now they measure themselves like, I should have been doing this, but you didn't do it. The Bible says like that, that many are called, but few are chosen. See, just because the phone call didn't mean you had to answer the call. My phone rang, my phone rang since we've been sitting here today. But I didn't have to answer the call. And many of us have the what we have the ability, we have the skill and set, and all this stuff. And like God has given us to call, and some of us decided not to answer. So if you decided not to take the answer, answer the call, then that's part of you. So don't measure me against you because you decided not to take the call. But I'm giving you grace to change. We have to give ourselves grace to change. Why? Because we're not perfect. But we're working towards perfection. Remember, I tell you that this thing is not about a destination I'm learning. That, but what it is, it's a what, continual journey. And it's about those I can touch and I can inspire and whose lives can be changed along the way. But as long as I can do it and I can hand the baton off to somebody else and put it in somebody else's hand and say, now you take it, baby. And you run on and you go as far as God has called you to go. And then when your time comes, you hand it off to somebody else. Don't die with the baton in your hand. So this is what he's telling us. What, so what else is he saying? So he's saying also, now what? Now you're giving them the grace to change. Now they're moving. Now you need to do what? You need to test it out. I just can't take your word for it. I believe in change. Yes, I do believe in change. And we all do. Why? Because, you know, we're in a day and time now that, you know, people have to change. If I can't believe in change and I can't believe that you can change, then I need to stop doing what I'm doing. Just pack up, tell you I'm gone, donate the money, you know, that we have to charity and just keep it moving. But no, I believe that. But the Bible also said, what? Say, what? Test it. He says, try the spirit. In 1 John 4 and verse 5, he says, and try that spirit. Try the spirit, what the spirit? Because if it's of him, it will witness. It will testify. And if it's not of him, you will also know that too. So even in all of their changing, you know, sometimes we got to be careful because people come to us, the Bible said that the enemy come to us as wolf in sheep's clothing. He will look like that. He will look like it. He'll smell like it. He'll act the part. Right? But then, but there comes a time when you get a chance to test it. There will come a time when the test comes, and then you will see. Then you will see. And in that testing time, when testing time comes, as they used to always say, say, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Some of us know. So in that grace to change, give them room to change. But also know, Test so that what you have been not what reyoked with that same that same bond of bondage. So, brothers and sisters, what I'm saying to you today, that God is asking us to give grace to change. People are not perfect. Neither are you and I. 
But that grace to change that, okay, I understand. And I find myself all the time like, Lord, these people treated me badly. Why would I want to do this? I have to have this conversation with myself. Said, Lord, these people really cued my name. Why would I want to give them the ability to change? Lord, these people despitefully used me. Or they did this. Or they did that. Lord, these people did these things to my family. Why would I want to give them the grace to change? And this is some of the hardest things to do, especially when we start talking about blood. Sometimes some of the biggest things, some of the biggest issues that some of us have that we struggle with unforgiveness is things that people in our own family did to us. It's not necessarily a stranger or somebody we met, but it's people in our own family and, and things and family secrets and things that we've covered up and we put under the rug for forever and ever and ever. And all of a sudden now, here we are, 25, 30, 40, 60 years old, and now you still haven't dealt with it. And now it's causing you turmoil and you can't sleep at night and you still dealing with something that was 30, 40 years ago. And you need to deal with it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that what this what might have happened was right. I'm not saying what's wrong. I'm not here to be jury or judge on any of that. But I am here to say that what God has given us the grace to change. You're not who you used to be. I'm not who I used to be. The 25, this, the 45-year-old is not the 25-year-old. The 45-year-old is a little bit more seasoned. He shuts his mouth a little bit more. That 25-year-old, Peter? You can ask my wife. We were married by the answer. She'll tell you. So there's what? This progression and growth. And I end it like this. The Bible says this in Corinthians. It says, when I was a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. The grace to change. You're changing. Family members are changing. I know what they did was wrong. I know what they said was messed up. But can you give them grace to change? Can you give them room for forgiveness? Why? Because it's important that you give them room for forgiveness. Just like Paul. It was important. Why? Because Paul ended up being the best, wrote most of the Bible. This is the same one who was killing Christians. The same one who was persecuting them. The same one who was getting them arrested. Now, he's author of most of the book that you and I read. He went to all these places. He's risked his life many times. He was shipwrecked a couple of times. He got bit by poisonous snakes. He was running for his life. All this so that you and I would have the gospel because Paul was what? The apostle to the Gentiles. And that's you and I. And without Paul, we wouldn't even know this word. You see what I'm saying? So if he didn't have the grace to change from Saul to Paul, where would you and I be today? I'm asking you today. I know some of you said, I ain't asking you to forgive. To forgive and, I mean, forgive, but I am asking you to forgive. I know some of you, you're not going to forget. It's part of your human psyche. But there is a place of grace. They say, okay, I get it. It's just where we are. Here's my boundaries, but I love you anyway. Here's my boundaries, but we're going to walk forth in faith. And every now and then, you get the ability to test it. That's part of it. And I'm there. No. When I see this person, does it still strike a chord with me? Okay, I'm testing it. I ain't there yet. Can I walk up to this person and genuinely, generally love them and not feel a thing about what used to happen? Didn't forget what happened, but now that's healed. It's important and it's critical to you going to the next level and God has called you to be. Why? Because think about it like this. The Bible said, 
Lay aside every weight that so easily besets you. It may not be your sin in your life, but it may be a weight. And it being a weight, what the weight does is slowing you down, and therefore you don't go as far as you could have gone. How many of you, I know we, we go into heaven and we enjoy the trip, but I do not, do not personally want to get to heaven. And I go up there and God said, you know, well done, a good and faithful servant. You know, you've been faithful over a few things now. I make you rule over many. And I'm happy about it and ecstatic about it. And he was like, but you know, you look, look at the rest of that road. I had that for you. But you was carrying that baggage. And I'm sitting down there like, oh. like, yeah, I, I wanted all these things for you, but you couldn't let that go. I wanted all this for you, but you, you struggled with that and you wouldn't let that go. What that person did to you or what they said or how they treated you or how they, you wouldn't let that go because that kept you from doing this. Because see, I couldn't put you in this situation because I knew it was going to happen again. So since I knew it was going to happen again, I had to give it to you now so that you know how to deal with it at level A. So when I put you at level F or Q or Z, you know how to deal with that kind of rejection. You know how to deal with that kind of hurt. You know how to deal with that kind of ridicule. This thing is spiraling. Do you not realize that your life is a spiral? And that what? You go around and around and around. You see the same things, but every level is a little bit higher. Woo! Did you catch that? You're spiraling. Yes, the same thing I dealt with, I deal with again, but I deal with it on another level. Yes, the same thing I dealt with over here, I deal with that again, but on another level. Yep, I dealt with that before, but now I deal with that where? On another level. And I don't know about you all, I get it. Okay, I'm going to keep dealing with some of the same problems over and over again. But don't you think it just might be a little bit better to deal with it on level A? You know, there were times, I and I'm, and I'm going to close, I'm done. You know, it was times when I remember when I was younger, I had a, a, a Toyota Corolla. And my little car used to break down sometimes. But then when I got in my mid-30s, I had a BMW and it broke down. Now, I'd rather be broke down in my BMW back then. Then I was in my Toyota Corolla. Same problem. They both broke down. But it was a little bit better to be broke down on the side of the road in this BMW, I thought, than it was in this Corolla. Because I was riding a little bit better than I was in that Corolla. They both did their job. But one did ride a little bit better. There's no question about it. One did look a little bit a little sleeker. One did look a little bit sharper. So what? Same problem. Different level. Same problem. Both cars are broke down. Both cars had me on the side of the road. But what? Different level. And this is what God is doing with you. So wow, I got to have the grace for them to change now. Because if I can understand it on this level, when I spiral up. Oh, saw that again. Saw that again. Saw that again. Saw that again. In teaching, we call it what? Spir spiraling, right? It said... What is it? Um, a dog has a vertebrae. He has a vertebrae when you learned it in the first grade. He had a vertebrae in the third grade. He had a vertebrae in the fifth grade. He had a vertebrae in the eighth grade. He had a vertebrae in biology one. He had a vertebrae in college biology. He had a vertebrae when you got to bed school. He always had a vertebrae. It was about when were you going to learn that he had a vertebrae. God bless you all. Love you all. You all take care. I hope that this word has been a tremendous blessing to you on today. Amen. I hope that you learned a lot. Amen. That you take it and you take this to heart and take some introspection on this to say, okay, God, what must I do to have the grace to allow people in my life to change? 
so that when you take me to the next level, Lord, I understand that I deal with other people and I need to give them that grace. And I deal with other people and I need to give them that grace. And I deal with other people and I need to give them that grace. God bless you all. I love you all. I hope that this blessing, this um, message has been a blessing to you all on today. And we ask that God continue to bless you all and, and touch you all and open up doors for you all. And I'm just so grateful to be with you. Would you be so kind to bless and help us and bless the church and um, tithe and offer? Here at the Safe House Church, we can do our tithe and offering by way of the cash app. You can go to dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Again, that's dollar sign Safe House Church GSO. Or you can do paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Or you can write a check of money order to Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Again, that's Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. The Bible says like this in St. Luke 6 and 38. It says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, and shaking together shall, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. God bless you all. Love you all. Thank you for your support and we appreciate it. All right, all right, all right, then. We're so grateful for all God has done. We look forward to here being um, with you on prayer. So remember, we have our prayers uh, Monday through Friday, amen, during the week at 6 a.m. And then um, after that, uh, we try to go on live on, on Facebook. I don't think we'll be able to do it tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is MLK Day, so I want you to enjoy your holiday, enjoy the time with your family. Um, but I will be on praying, amen, at um, 6 o'clock um, with... Um, traditional church all right so god bless you all love you all it's been a tremendous day tremendous church service on today you all take care have a wonderful day spend good time with your families love on each other and take care love you take care bye-bye